I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, our testing czar, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Let's talk Tim Hardaway Jr. Man, he. I think when we uh, look at this upcoming summer, it's not even going to be summer. I guess we just say off-season. Because we don't even know if it's going to be the summer, fall. I know. I asked the question on Twitter today. I was like, what do you think Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to do this summer, fall? I mean, it's going to be a time period. We just don't know when it is. It's wild. Because when you, yeah, if you really think about some of the timelines that we've talked about, let's say they do bring the season back and they, they bring it back towards the end of summer, first of fall. And even if they do shorten down the season, the off season's going to be crazy because it's not going to be the typical off season, and then you still have to fit in the draft and free agency through that, and still try to start a new season. I guess at Christmas, probably, and it's it's that's just going to be wild how they do that. So, but I think for for Dallas this summer, you know, everybody's looking at 2021, and rightfully so, of what Dallas can do. They'll have cap space and Luca and KP and all that stuff. But this summer, I think all of it hinges on what happens with Tim Hardaway Jr. and the decision that he he has to make, which we didn't even think was going to be a decision before. But all of a sudden, <laughs> it is. Yeah, we did. We didn't. This was one of the possibilities I did not think was possible <laughs> at this point. You know, last year, if we were talking about this when they made the trade, uh, and then even in the off season, we were talking about, and we've gone over, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. season and you know what he. The turnaround, basically, that he's made in his career, uh, and at least this season, the way that you know, the way that he's been an incredible teammate, great fit on the court, like an incredible fit on the court, and uh, so we want to talk about that decision. He has a he has a huge, you know, uh, player option coming up, basically nineteen million dollar player option for next year, um, and there's not a ton of teams with big money out there to sign him to a deal more than that. So we want to talk about that a little bit, um, and so we'll just talk about his decision, how that can affect the Mavericks. Um, I know it's not the off season. I guess it, they're off <laughs> right now, but uh, we wanted to get into that conversation before it could sneak up on us. There could be a situation where we don't have very much of an off season because teams are taking off all this time, right? Like, what's the reason? Like Cuban said, you know, Dan Patrick, all bets are off. We've never been in this situation before. Who knows? So to have conversations like this, we decided to have one today. So, um, all right, Tim Hardaway, do we want to talk first about his season so far? Um, and just and why he's better because I think a lot of people have you know said including us, oh he's so much better than he was last year and he's you know different different type of player and um, that he's just exceeded all expectations. We were all so wrong about him, Isaac. Why were we so wrong about him? Yeah, I think I think you almost have to go back to what what how you formed your opinion about him and. Was saying, hey, we were so wrong because now we see how how efficient he's been in Dallas this past year, and where that mindset of hey, he was overpaid and you know he's not an efficient shooter and all this stuff. How we formed that opinion, 
And I think it does go back to the situation that he came out of. And I was looking at, I really looked into Tim Hardaway's uh, kind of journey so far in his, uh, in his career and how he kind of got to this point. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, we can talk about that in, in a little bit, but basically you know, he has that good season there in Atlanta. That second year, um, you know, he, he's drafted the first round. He goes to the Knicks. Phil Jackson's running the Knicks. Two years later, or a year and a half you know, later, he's sent to the Hawks. Jaron Grant goes to the Knicks, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to the Hawks, and then he spends he spends two years with the Hawks. And in those two years, it's the end of that second year before he hits re- restrictive free agency. He The last six weeks of that season... He puts up 18 points a game. He shoots 38% from three. And everybody's raving about him in Atlanta saying, man, he's going to be a restricted guy. And, you know, Coach Bud and them, they said, we want to keep him. He was an important part for that team because they had, you know, they've been to the playoffs. Tim Hardaway's been, he's played in the playoffs two consecutive years in Atlanta. And so if, when Dallas gets to the playoffs, that is a, a guy that's going to be in the rotation that's had two years worth of a playoff experience and three series, I think, you know, because that second year in Atlanta, they went to uh, the second round and they got swept by Cleveland. But still, and they wanted to bring him back in Atlanta, but then he hits restricted free agency. And all of a sudden, the Knicks get rid of Phil Jackson. They bring Steve Mills in, and they hand him this four four year, seventy one million dollar offer sheet out of nowhere. And it just it shocks everybody. It shocks the Hawks, and of course they're not. You know, the Hawks are not going to match it because it it, it kind of goes to that Wesley Matthews situation in Portland that year. And it's like, all right, well, he's a great third or fourth piece, but. We can't pay him that much, you know. You're not gonna like. They're not gonna match. You know, Portland's not gonna pay what Dallas paid Wes Matthews that year, coming off the Achilles thing. New York hands him seventy one million, and from, are you trying to say that Dallas was the New York in that analogy? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, the moment he signed the four year seventy one million dollar contract with the Knicks, his whole perception changed. We've talked about this a thousand times. What you make and how much money you make that changes the everybody's opinion about you because then the expectations go up and all of a sudden you took a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. who's sp- supposed to be a third, fourth, fifth option type of guy and you're paying him that much money and then the expectations go up and then it then it becomes the dead weight contract and what is New York doing and then you know he's getting the hate for it so i think the opinions about it you know then our mindset of it, it's like all right when well, dang he's getting paid this he's not reaching this you know this this tre- threshold here of what he should get paid for and then he's the dead weight contract coming to Dallas and we're like dang this is the tax this is the price so I don't think a lot of our expectations are very high because that's what we kind of thought of him. And yeah, he had he had inefficient numbers in New York. We could you know look at the numbers in New York and, and last like, year with Dallas. That you know the time that he spent at the end of the season last year was not necessarily that productive. Exactly, but and, and I think it's important because what happened in New York? He went from Atlanta when he was playing with Al Horford and Paul Millsap and that Atlanta team that, that first year. And then the second year, he was still playing with Millsap and Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Korver and those guys. He was coming off the bench that first year in Atlanta. And the second year, he started like 30-something games, but he, he wasn't one of the main pieces. He goes to New York and bam, he's he's all of a sudden one of the leading you know field goal team guys on the whole team. And he's having to shoot all these shots. He's having to be one of their main scorers. And I, you know, this this part when I looked at his background so far in the league, this part shocked me. 
how many head coaches he's had. Oh, man. Since being in the league. And these are just, I'm not even counting interim head coaches. Mike Woodson, Derek Fisher, Coach Bud, Hornacek, Dave Fisdale, Rick Carlisle. Like, we're looking at... Hold on, that means he had had four coaches in his two years with the Knicks? Yeah, well, Mike Woodson was his rookie year, and then he had Fisher. Oh, Woodson was with oh with the Knicks, yeah, the first time. The first stint. Then he came back and had two more coaches. Yeah. With the Knicks. Well, you said, okay, so Fisher, Woodson, Fisdale. There was another Knicks coach in there. Jeff Hornacek. Or Hornacek. Yeah, Hornacek. I, yeah, he said yeah. four. He, he, played, he played 254 games for the Knicks and played for four coaches. Yes. That's and wild. so it's that type of stuff. His first year in New York was the KP injury thing, and what you know, a franchise! 40, I know it's like he played forty eight games, and you know, and then the second year was last year in New York, and he didn't. Because the crazy thing is, he signed that big deal in New York the same offseason that we drafted Dennis Smith Jr. It feels like he signed that forever ago, and it, but it feels like Dennis. It feels like drafting Dennis was yesterday, maybe because we were part of it. Well, it was but. a four year deal, and the last year of the deal is next season. Yeah, right. And so it so, just seems like so long ago, but it does. So I think, I think when we look at it, because I was looking at that. I'm glad you asked that question because I was looking. I'm like, why? Why was I so down on him coming into this season? And so that's why I wanted to. I wanted to go into his past and his history into the league and look at the situations he's been in and why maybe he shot the way he did. Why? Why has he not been at this level that he's playing in Dallas this year? Why has he not been at this level over the past few years? And Man, look at the situation he's got in Dallas with a coach, the star players playing around him. He's not the first option like he was in New York. And I know I said a lot of things right there, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of our opinion and perception coming into the season about him was kind of unfair to him a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up, let's talk a little bit more about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s season this year, and then we'll get into his decision coming up this offseason, whenever the offseason actually does come. But before we do that, Isaac, let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. I know that you are busy with your two children. You sent me a very adorable video today of one of your children. Don't don't explain that video. It's going to come across as (laughs) walking into uh, the dog dog crate, which I thought was just hilarious. Um, You don't have a lot of time, and it's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have the time, you can't read or work on personal development. Isaac, sometimes you got to take a little me time. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and we highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, and your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes, Isaac. That's it. Just 15 minutes to get all the information into a book. How long would it take you to read a book? Oh, gosh. Right now with two kids? A long time. (laughs) You can get I all try that. to read a chapter a night. Yeah, there you go. You can get all that information in 15 minutes. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a ton of books. Readers are leaders. Blinkist is made for busy people like you that want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. With Blinkist, you get an unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. And right now... For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience, Locked On Mavs listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off a new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your seven-day free trial. You also save 25% off when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. All right, Isaac. Uh, I also want to say with Tim Hardaway Jr., there's, there's certain players... 
And we used this analogy. We used this analogy a lot last year. Uh, that are twenty five percent players that are you know fifty percent players, um, and that bring it every night or so. And I think he upped that. He he would bring it maybe like ten percent of the time last year, where he would just have a, a really good game. This year he's been closer to like I don't know thirty three percent, where just every third game it feels like he's you know either scoring twenty points or he's scoring fifteen points, but they're impactful points and things like that. And there's also just certain players where. Their games are very simple. It comes down to a couple numbers. And sometimes we oversimplify it, but sometimes we overcomplicate it. If Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting a good percentage from three, he is a quality player and he's a productive player because he is a shooter. He's a a scorer. Uh, He's shooting the same number of threes that um, he shot basically the last uh, two years with, with the Knicks. He's shooting seven threes per game. Uh, but he's instead of shooting 31%, 34%, even 32% last year with the Mavs, he's shooting 40%. That's going, he went from a below average, you know, high, like high volume, seven threes is a lot of threes. He went from a low, low um, efficiency to a high efficiency three point shooter. And that is, honestly, that's just kind of it. The defense is, you know, a plus. He's, you know, become a, a player that Carlisle trusts to defend better players. He's always been pretty good in transition. That was something that stuck out with us. Last year when he joined the team, the difference between him and Wes Matthews was was pretty big in that range. Um, But just the shot, I mean, just the three-point shot, that one simple number is why he's been such a better player this year than last year. Yeah, it's all about the efficiency stuff. And I I know we we look at, or at least I compare him a lot to Wes Matthews and saying, you know, when when we handed Wes that big deal, you know, a few summers ago, or gosh, I guess it was a few summers ago. And you know, this is this is what we were wanting. You know, Wes, I would say, you know, younger Wes, pre-injury Wes was a better defender than Tim Hardaway is right now. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, when especially even when he was in Dallas, you would put Wes like he would be your first option of putting him on a Damian Lillard or something like that. Um, but Tim Hardaway, I would say like his defense isn't a negative though. Like he's he's like the second or third, you know, wing defender on Dallas after Dorian that you're throwing at some of these guys. And so he's not a bad defender, but he's a much more efficient player on the offensive end than Wes Matthews. I mean, how many times did we have the memes of <laughs> Wes just trying too hard or, you know, even just the well, percentage wise. I thought you were gonna bring up the Stanley Hudson dribbling the ball. <laughs> yeah, well that's what I was thinking about, but uh <laughs> but no For just Wes. asking for yeah for Wes but just seeing like Tim Tim has accepted this role on the Mavericks like this is the perfect role for him in this situation of this is what they're going to ask of him and he's embracing that and I think the important part about that is you know you say he's he's shooting 40% from three shooting 43% from the field which his you know that's his highest field goal percentage since the 2016-17 season when he shot 45% Um, but how many shots he's taken a game? He's taken he's taken a little over twelve shots a game right now. When you look back at the past couple of seasons, he's taken fifteen shots a game. So his shot attempts are going down, but his field goal percentage is going up. His three point percentage is going up, and he's still averaging the same amount of threes per game. Like you said, at seven a game, and you know he's averaging fifteen points a game. But it's like that give and take. I'll gladly sacrifice. You know, in 2018-19 season, he averaged eighteen points a game. I'll gladly sacrifice sacrifice three points a game and knock it down to 15 points a game, but I get more efficient shooting in the three-point percentage and field goal percentage. So 
that it's all about efficiency for Tim Hardaway and this role really was built for a player like him and it's cool seeing a guy like him in, at this point in his career who's had a lot of like we just said I mean look at all the head coaches went through and two stints in New York that's a great organization and all of that and now he's found like how I haven't got to talk like extensively with Tim Hardaway Jr. and I would just like to a glimpse into his head of how much like how much how much more fun this is and how how different this is than any other situation in his career. I I, I would say he would hype up the Atlanta years for sure because you know he was in the playoffs and stuff like I said with Bud and Horfer and all those guys. But he has to be embracing this moment right now and really enjoying it. And he seems like he is right. He seems you know overall to be a good teammate. Seems to be you know he is pretty demonstrative on the court and gets excited and things like that. Um, so I asked the question today on Twitter of a lot of you guys, um, what do you think is going to happen this summer with Tim Hardaway Jr. and um, you know his option? He has an 18, $18.9 million, basically $19 million player option for you know the 20, the 2020-21 season, whenever that happens, if it does happen it in 2020 or 2021. Um, and I just said, how do you think it will play out? And a lot of people either said he opts in, or opts out, but that he also extends with the Mavs. What do you think about this? Is basically the three options, right? He opts out. There's three options, yeah. He opts out. He opts in, or he he can't opt out, out and extend, extends. right? He'd have to opt in and extend. However, yeah. However, however, however you want out. to, yeah. However, we want to say. It. Either way, he would be opting out of his like however the legal terms of it, but yeah. he would be getting out of this deal, signing an extension, and blah blah blah. But yeah, those are the three options. You want to walk down each path and see yeah. how it affects Mavs? Yeah, or <clears throat> which option do you want to start with? Let's start with he just opts in, doesn't extend. Opts in, doesn't extend. He's on the books next year at basically $19 million. Two things you know, for the Mavericks. One, um, you kind of, or actually three things. <clears throat> One, you keep your window. As far as the the window, the two year window, and you you don't cut into the 2021 cap space because then obviously his his contract's going to be ending going into into the 2021 summer. So then you have even more money if to it, if it is summer, <laughs> exactly if if it is summer, <laughs> then you have more money to play around with in free agency. That's obviously the Giannis summer and all that different stuff. But two, he becomes a huge trade piece, and yeah. we we saw what. You know the big expiring contracts of DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews, like having like the KP trade doesn't happen if you don't have those deals, right? I mean, right, absolutely. You, 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 they had those big expiring contracts, and those two guys allowed them to take the dead weight money at the time. That you know that's what we were calling it of Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. That was your price tag for for Kristaps Porzingis. So. Now, do I think that they would trade Hardaway in the middle of the season? Probably not, because I don't. I think at that point you're you're just putting all your chips in for the summer. But it does give you the flexibility to where, what if a big name comes open, you know, over the course of the season, and there's a team out there that has their version of a, a mini Porzingis in a way, because I don't know if they have enough to get somebody at Porzingis's caliber, and they're looking at it saying, hey, well, if we're gonna trade X star then we're going to get off this contract, and there you go. You have salary to match it. I'm assuming that whenever the offseason happens, they'll have the same order of free agency or draft and then free agency. But, like Cuban said, all things are on the table. Could we see a possibility of Tim Hardaway Jr., and even even if free agency is after the draft, 
Could we see Tim Hardaway Jr. attached with both of the picks and maybe something else? Because that's a big salary that you can go and match somebody else in the league, you know, and, yep. and he's not dead weight at this point, right? And he's expiring. So that's two things that you can get. Um, you know, if he does, if he does go back to being inefficient and the other team decides they don't want him, they can, you can buy him out at, you know, towards the end of the season if you want. But in a Bradley Beal type situation, you know, Drew Holiday, maybe even, um, whoever, whoever else is out there that becomes either disgruntled or wants to move, uh, he could be, you know, part of that. He could, you know, you could add some things to him and it's not like you have to pay to get off of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract at this point. You're not you're not getting value for him, but I don't think I think he's raised his stock to the point where it's not you have to pay a tax to get, you know to get off of him you know to get him off your books. No, I, yeah, I agree completely. I don't think there is any tax or anything. I think people would, especially if he's an expiring contract. I, I think, but but I I really do believe if he opts in, I think Dallas holds on to him because I think that it gives him gives them the best opportunity to. You know, move forward, keep trying to win, but still preserve the cash space in 2021. Unless there is a bigger name out there, I still don't think they have the pieces to go get a Bradley Bill and stuff at that point. But you never know who it could be out there, though. I think that's the fourth option, right? We talk about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s three options. The fourth one is to trade him before all of this. You know, to, to add those other you know draft pieces and stuff around at the time of the draft. You know, they have the first round pick they can trade at the draft. Uh, they'll have the the Warriors second as well. They can piece to it. Uh, if you add Delon Wright or Seth Curry or somebody in that, that's that's a decent package that you could throw at somebody whoever becomes available. It doesn't get you Bradley Beal probably, but it could get you you know decent players. So who knows? Uh, that's the, that's definitely a different pod that we go and we figure out what that package could potentially get you across the league. All right, yeah. coming up, let's talk more about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s options, his opting out as well as potentially extending. I also have a list of all the teams with salary cap space for the offseason. We'll talk about the, the potential options for Tim Hardaway Jr. if he dis, does decide to opt out. All right, Isaac. Uh, let's talk about... So let's say he extends. What does that mean for, for the Mavericks? So uh, he decides to extend his contract. It's something like $15 million a year. It's something like, you know, something like that. Yeah, so how much... I mean, I think this is the overwhelming, or at least, you know, a lot of Mavs fans, I think people would want this at this point of saying, hey, let's opt out, let's lower let's lower your number, take it away from the 19, give up a, a little bit of cash, and we'll sign you long-term for multi-year deal. Do what Harrison Barnes did with the, the Kings. Like, this isn't, it's not unprecedented a player would do this. Yeah, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think he, it all depends on, yeah, just how much money you think he's going to get this offseason, and what's the market going to be for him and if you're him if you're looking at just cashing in that's the thing when it goes in a lot of these situations we don't know exactly what he wants we don't know you know it does tim want hey this is an awesome situation this they're maximizing my strengths and all this stuff luca kp this is awesome we're going to keep winning growing blah 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 mm-hmm. then he might look at it and say you know what yeah i'll sacrifice a little bit i'll I'll opt out of the 19 million to sign a three-year, three-year, 45 million dollar deal. You know, like if he wants to do those things, winning, and if he wants to continue with you know good culture, here let me tell you the teams with salary cap space this summer. Okay, ready for this? The Hawks could have up to 59 million dollars. This is all from Eric Pincus, by the way. Uh, really good, okay. really good draft ex- or a cap expert. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, that's a good one. 
could have in the fifty to fifty-two million dollar range. They got a bunch of expiring they deals c- and things. They like could, that. but Memphis cut into a lot of their cap space at the trade deadline, and by taking on the the Miami stuff by trading for Gorga Jang, they they kind of punted on the summer a little bit. They could they could get to twenty million. I think they'd have to do some maneuvering here and there. The Pistons have about thirty-seven million, uh, a little bit, a little less, a little bit more than that. Um, he could go there. <laughs> no, honestly, when I look at these teams, the Pistons would be one of the teams that I would be if you if, let's just say worried because the Pistons are if they're holding on to Blake Griffin though, uh, yeah, because I don't if he's still wanting to uh, try to chase the playoffs and be in a like a win now situation, I guess. But it's still like the Pistons are weird. Who would be Tim Hardaway Jr.'s Charlie V to Tim Hardaway Jr.'s? Uh, Ben Gordon. Remember that summer that they signed Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva to that huge number? (laughs) But it's like the Pistons having Blake Griffin. As long as they have Blake Griffin, they're going to have to be trying to win. And I guess Fred Van Vliet, you know, a lot of people try to connect him to the Pistons. They have Dwayne Casey. You know, they're going to have cap space and all this. They need a point guard in Detroit. Um, so I mean, I could, I guess, I could see them spending cap space on on Tim Hardaway and say, "Hey, we just want to, you know a shooter, win now guy. Let's do it." But like, I don't see him going back to Atlanta with Trey and all, all those guys. I don't. I think he's kind of past that. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, they could. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets could have thirty million dollars in space. That's like you know another another place like kind of like uh, the Knicks. Uh, the, the Knicks, by the way, they have a bunch of partially guaranteed players. They could get up to fifty million. They're, they're going to have cap space. Yeah, Cavs could have about. Uh, actually, the Cavs won't have space depending on what they do with Andre Drummond, right? I mean, surely they'll keep Drummond, but we'll see. Uh, and the Suns will have about twenty-five million dollars in space. Hey, Miami too. Miami will have some money too. Uh, just after the after their trades and stuff at that deadline. I think oh, that's Miami true. Had- I think I think he made this list before the trade deadline, so change okay Miami open but but I don't even want to count Miami really because I think Miami's just open up more cap they're going to wait for that summer in 2021 too and if Tim Hardaway opts out tests free agency and says all right well I want I want a payday and another yeah I want another payday and I mean if the season doesn't come back this is a heck of a you know season going into free agency you know like you he's had a really good season that you could argue this is best season of his career and I think it is not that, yeah. And so you look at some of these teams like the Hawks or Hornets and Pistons. There's not a lot of names out there of who's going to be a free agent. We've we've talked about this on the, on the pod before, but the list isn't the best. And I mean, you look at guys with player options like Anthony Davis and um, Gordon Hayward and Demar Derozan. Like AD's not going anywhere. Yeah. Gordon Hayward's probably and, not. going And the go other two anywhere. names I don't get excited about. <laughs> yeah, like Demar Derozan. I mean, he's. Whatever you want to do, Brandon Ingram's going to get maxed out, yeah. and then you just go down the line from there of Gallo, Fred Van Vliet, Bogdan, and so and then the Mavs side of this is: what if Tim opts out? What if one of these teams does come calling? And let's say in Atlanta, let's say in Atlanta or a Detroit. Let's say Detroit strikes out and Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet, and they're like, "All right, Tim Hardaway, here's four years, eighty-five million." And it's like, you know, over 20 a year. And you're like, dang, that's going to come in 2021. And, you know, he he leaves. Well, he's unrestricted anyway. So it's not like they would have a chance to match it. And then all of a sudden, Dallas has cap space. 
because so then this, they can this upcoming off season and yeah, don't have to wait for off season. So that's why it's like players in free agency. Dallas really ain't going to be a player if Tim opts in. Right. And you're like, hey, and if he does, that's awesome. Like, great. But if he doesn't, then all of a sudden the Mavericks become players in free agency. And I would assume the, the Mavericks would jump a lot of these teams on the list of, of players because, you know, if players are looking across the league and they want to win and they want to join good, you know, situations, Michael Kidd Gilchrist telling me, you know, telling us on a podcast, hey, it's about the culture and joining this team. Jared Dudley talking the other day, who's a player you'd want to play with in the league? And the first name, only name he mentioned was Luka Doncic. Exactly. So if you're a player this summer and Dallas all of a sudden opens up cap space, you'd assume they're probably going to jump ahead of a team like the Hornets or the Pistons, the Knicks, uh, you know, Atlanta. So that's where, you know, I think some guys like Gallinari, you know, they're probably and this is this thing I wrote down too. if you lose Tim Hardaway, my son's crying right now, if you can hear him background. So my bad, guys. If you look at Tim Hardaway. It's not your bad. It's your son's bad. And, come on, Roman. Get your act together. <laughs> come on, Roman. If Tim Hardaway leaves, you don't necessarily have to replace him with a two-guard. This is the flexibility that Luca and them give you. We've talked about it going back to our board bets the other day. We were, we put bets down before the season. Who's going to start? Dorian, Tim Hardaway, or Justin Jackson? Because we thought DeLon Wright was going to be a <laughs> starter. That's why you go into next year. If Tim Hardaway walks... And you go into next year, you have Luca and KP. You still have Dorian under contract. You still have Max. You still have Seth. You could very well start Dorian and Seth Curry next year and say, "All right, we're going to sign Gallo with our, you know, with our cap space, yeah. or we're going to sign whoever it is." You can make an offer sheet to of Fred Van Vliet if you're a big you know, believer in Van Vliet. You can make an offer sheet to Bogdan. We've talked about Bogdan before, so that's. I would be curious on that. That would be a wild situation that I would be anxious to see of. Which player would they be willing to cut into 2021 cap space if Tim Hardaway walked? And that's where I would be really intrigued what would happen. But I honestly don't think we'll get to that point. I'm expecting Tim Hardaway on the Mavericks next year. And I think it's one of those two options. I think, I think Tim, personally, I think Tim Hardaway will probably just opt into that number, take your 19 million going into next season, and hit free agency in 2021 because. I think there is a scenario in which a lot of teams open up cap space in 2021, yeah. and then a lot of these guys just stay. The Giannis's of the world, Kawhi, Paul George, all these guys. And all of a sudden, you have all these teams like Miami and Dallas and whoever it is that have all this money, and they're just going to be, they got to spend it. So I could see Tim Hardaway doing that and saying, hey, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to bet on having another good season next year and then hit 2021 free agency like a lot of people. So I personally think he opts in. But if Dallas could, you know, extend him for fifteen million a year, I would take Tim Hardaway on a three-year deal, three-year forty-five million dollar deal. I'd do that in a heartbeat right now. And there's so many implications with that. Stick with us. We'll keep talking about situations like this as this stoppage continues. Also, guys, tonight, Thursday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, March 26th, we are doing another Q and A on Hot Mike. Join Isaac and I. On Hot Mike, answer all of your questions. We did this last week, and it was awesome. And so we're going to try it again. Join us on Hot Mike. Guys, last last week, we literally answered, gosh, what, 30, 40 questions. Uh, a lot of them about Maverick stuff, NBA stuff, a lot of just random stuff about life. And people, uh, this is your chance that people tweet at us sometimes or shoot us DMs, and sometimes we don't get to them. Uh, join us on Hot Mike. Ask us anything about the Mavericks stuff going on right now. 
let's just hang out. We've got to get to the quarantine together, right? We got to get through it together. So the link is in the description of this podcast, or just download the Hot Mic app and follow Nick Van Exit. Use the code Nick Van Exit. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.